1: John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Third FM Los Andes, 102.3 FM Riverside, and one hundred and five
0: oh AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren. Mr. Michael Hawley's here, so it must be Tuesday, and it's a horrific day.
1: That is correct, Al. And then I'm excited the about this, this one here because, you know, I researched that Jack Ripper suspect, Dr. Francis Tumblety, and he was born in County Meath <laughs> in Ireland. And uh, that is what I want to hear, Colin.
0: He's probably our guest's father. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we grow all the serial killers over here. <laughs> National export.
0: <laughs> well, you know. My dad said, "Whatever you do, just do it well." <laughs> you know, Jack the Ripper is pretty well. You know, it's up there. Very good. There um, you go. <laughs> so, our guest today, of course, is Colin Leonard, and he is from that area in Ireland. So, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be here,
0: Colin. Now, um, growing up in in that area, now I've also I've heard rumors that this is kind of where Halloween kind of grew out of that part of of Ireland.
2: Yeah, this is where we invented Halloween in County Mead. Uh, now, there's a neighbouring county that's trying to claim it, but we're not having any of that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there's hills around the Hill of Tlachta, uh the Hill of Ward, and during Samhain festivals, they used to light huge big bonfires. Now, I don't know if they put anyone on those bonfires or they were just signalling to each other, but... Uh, that was the festivals that Halloween grew from. So that's what we like to to say over here in Tenty meat Wow! Yes.
0: What What's the feel like there? Explain Explain what it's like living there. How How is the area? Is it really dark and scary and very very rural? Like kind of what? It is
2: quite rural where I uh, where I grew up and where I'm living now is um, Little Country Road, hence the name of my novel. <laughs> that's what inspired yeah. that. Yeah. But there's also um in County Mead there's these ancient monuments, uh, New Grange and up beside me Loch Crewe, which are like five thousand year old burial tombs. You kinda think of Stonehenge but closed in, that kind of vibe. So hmm. there's an awful lot of that stuff around, old dolmens in fields, um, old Celtic crosses. So it is quite spooky and scary. driving through roads. Yeah, that's what we've got going on here.
1: Have you really
0: got a lot of serial killers? Then is this like a, really a murdering place? We actually like we
2: export our our best serial killers. We send over to England, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so his his last name was Tumbledy. Do you haven't know of any Tumbledees in the area?
2: Tumbledees? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Don't say okay. it. Can't
1: say his <laughs> name if I say it three times. He will appear. <laughs> that's right. He left County Meath in eighteen forty-seven during the uh, the Great Famine, and then came with his family is one of eleven, so he was a, uh, his father was a small family yeah yeah. 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 Uh, and a tenant farmer Then uh, they moved into the Rochester area Around here in New York Oh wow So yeah And then it begins <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had I must yeah. check that out.
0: So that I guess that leads you To what you've been doing Now I, I see this is like you were saying It's your debut novel mm-hmm. And Country Roads And I'm 248 <laughs> so Yeah I was <laughs> going to say You know You were probably We're talking to him Yeah right? <laughs> I noticed on your webpage, you've, you've written for a lot of anthologies and a lot of different little stories. I guess short stories, right? Mm. Flash fiction, they call it and stuff like that. Where did it all start for you and, and how did you get into this uh, line of uh, work?
2: Well, I have always, always, always loved writing. My grandfather was a poet and he would have uh, told me tales. uh, Horror tales and everything else like that now. Uh, the scary thing about that is he died before I was born. So I think it was his ghost that was telling me most of those. <laughs> but, um, so. But did you
0: sit on his lap? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I did, but I
2: fell through. That's how I oh. knew. But when I was in school, I was, um, obsessed with. I loved writing entered competitions all that did English literature when I went to university but then big thing called life sort of distracted me whether it be partying there was a lot of partying going on when I was in my early 20s in <laughs> Ireland when we were around the rave scene so between that work then having families like I always would have written throughout, but I never took the time to concentrate on the industry as it were and uh, find out about how to actually get published now, I went through a little phase while I was traveling where I sent stuff off to uh, some literary magazines and horror magazines and had some success there, uh, but never followed it up so much. but then, once I got a bit older, about ten years later, i uh, decided, look now is the time you 're not getting any younger you 're going to have to do what do what you want to do and Write a novel, really concentrate on getting your stories published. So, and of course, it's much easier now to find with different groups, different podcasts, um, and all the information on the net. It's much easier to find out, you know, how do I do this?
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's easier to connect with people. How is the horror community in your area or even Ireland? Is this a strong community? Uh, no. I'm going to say no. I'm, Okay.
2: Uh there isn't that st- Ireland, obviously famed for being the land of saints and scholars, um, kind of frowns a little on horror. There's a few horror writers from Ireland that I know, but uh, a good proportion of them are in different countries. So you've got like um Keelan Patrick Burke, I'm sure you've heard of, is over with you guys now. Um John Connolly is over here, but he's kinda on that cusp between crime and horror. Um, right. So it wouldn't be the most popular here. And that's why um, when I got success, it was true U.K. and U.S. publishers.
0: Right, right, because they love the yeah. the horror, the they've killing, got,
2: and all they've that. They've got sick minds, yeah. sick, sick minds. Yeah. That yeah. is right. I'm part of that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I resemble that remark. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're all part of this sort of, you know, darkness and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and another, another thing, I mean, so you were partying and drinking. I didn't think Irish people drank. No, no. Uh, <laughs> did I say that?
2: <laughs> of course I didn't mean that.
0: <laughs> no, I like drinking tea, uh,
2: you mean? Drinking Sitting tea. Sitting at home. Yes. Knitting.
0: Drinking. Knitting. <laughs> well, so what, what was it now? Th- because this is interesting, because I started having books published later in my life as well. And so for me, I know there was a particular reason and a particular thing that happened so I always ask this what was it that actually made you decide to go ahead and try to get published and get out in the public and have everyone see what your work was about especially so late in life but what, was there a particular event or something or someone that drew drove you there I guess it was just a
2: I went when I was uh 30 years old I did the Start doing a lot of traveling and I was writing a lot then and aiming towards getting published but as I say there were too many distractions as well and when I came back I ended up starting a family so and bought the little 200 year old cottage that I'm in at the moment little ramshackle place and we started filling it with babies so at that stage I just kind of I think something about having kids maybe it makes you face up to your own mortality, not to be too glum about it and what you want to do with your life. And I, as I say, I'd always wanted to be a writer. It was very, very important. But um, I suddenly realized, okay, no one's going to come along and talent spot you if you don't put the work in on getting, getting your stuff out there.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, and that's good. So you brought it out now. So you're, you're, first book full book it's called country roads let's talk about that what's what's the basic premise of this
2: book the basic premise i guess and i started before this one and around that time i was saying that i became determined to get a novel published on top of the short stories i imagined all the nasty legendary creatures of ireland coming into our dimension into our world and uh as I, say, I, I loved writing about contemporary Irish society, uh, but I wanted to throw evil creatures in there as well and <laughs> see how society reacts to that. As I say, I was starting that novel, got halfway through, which I hope to come back to it someday, which had all the <laughs> nasty creatures of Irish legend in it. And then <laughs> when that got a little too on top of me, I decided I wanted to, I said, okay, I'll, I'll take it back. I'll do more single story stuff and country road started as a novella I was writing it for Kindle singles. If you remember that they were looking for 30,000 word stuff, but, um, as it went on, it developed and developed and developed until it became a novel. And around the same after that, I started to learn about pitching to agents, pitching small presses and. Getting involved in the horror industry, so eventually it got picked up by Bridget's Gate Press. Uh, but the inspiration originally was as is where I live, which are nasty, horrible little country roads, the likes of which you find in the book, with things like the the rag tree, the twisted tree. There's a bunch of those around where I live, and I <laughs> would be on my commute driving through those imagining coming across the uh the remnants of nasty evil creatures work at night do they live in the dolmens in the dolmens uh they live anywhere they can find a rest and <laughs> <laughs> where they think you're not going to find them <laughs>
0: so what comes first for you do you do you come up with kind of the story and kind of what you want to happen to your characters and then the characters or do you have characters that come to you at first and you kind of create them and somewhat develop them and then put them into a situation
2: um it's probably what comes first is kind of the uh the concept and the setting and then I will try and to develop the characters who would fit best into that for all my stories, whether they be shorts or, or novels.
0: And, and so how do you work out your characters? Or, or it's kind of an interesting process, and it's so different for different people. When you create a character, for instance, some of your main characters in this book, is this something that comes from people you know or, or people you've seen? or uh, Describe that process.
2: Mm, There'll always, they'll always be kind of composites, as it were. So there is a lot of, uh, over the years and I think that's with being an older writer as well. I'm not ancient I'm, <laughs> I'm just late 40s but uh, oh god you, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've met that many different people from different walks of life especially if you're traveling and in the work I do and various friends over the years, you try and you take elements of them all or elements of yourself and put that into the characters, how they react and how you imagine they react is what builds the character they become as well and their and their dialogue.
0: Do you have kind of a subtext or meaning then? Is there something you want people to get out of the book? So when they take it home and read Country Roads, at the end of it, besides the fear and scary parts and the and the um, the storyline itself is there something you hope they take away?
2: There are certain subtexts and some of which like may not be purposely put in there but they kind of develop in the in the way my interests would develop in the book or with the characters or the uh, situations that they get in like this book is set in, kind of 2007 and it was funny when I was writing it I was thinking of the broader um, you know when is this set my editor was asking I was kind of thinking now but now being so broad it's spanned maybe 15 years for me but around that time is when this kind of fit for me because of Ireland at that time as well. We were just on the cusp of a recession. We were just on the cusp of a lot of things, and there was that kind of feeling about the place. And as well, with uh, there's uh, a Garda Shiakona in the in the novel, one of the main characters, which is a, a policeman in Irish. Um, and around that time as well, there was a lot of uh, well, I won't say a lot, I don't want to get myself sued. There was corruption in the in the force, um and whistleblowers uh who came out talking about such things. So there's I suppose <laughs> you mightn't really call that a subtext, it's kind of there in your face in this novel. But but yeah, there I rather than just as you say, a scare and an entertainment, I do try and portray certain aspects, particularly of Irish life or um, interpersonal relationships, family relationships, friend relationships, more so in this book.
1: So sure. that means 2007, there were not a lot, everybody with an iPhone in their hands. Yeah. 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 Screwing up the relationship, right? <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. And there was little things. Cause as I said, I had that general sense of when it was set, but, uh, when you actually have to go through it then and go, okay. Was that song out in 2007 or, you know, or was that piece of equipment out then? So,
0: well, it's important. Oh, yeah. Because it'll throw a reader because I, I you know, 2007 is not a specialty. It seems like only a short time ago, but quite a bit's mm. happened since then. So you have to be accurate because if you're, you know, for me, like I'm writing something right now from the 60s. And so right now I watch all these 1960s shows. And I'm reading the newspapers and doing, I put myself right into it because the last thing I want to do is start having my characters talk like it's 2020,
2: you know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, or, like, there's so much now that we take for granted or, like, it seems like we've been doing Zoom meetings forever now and, you know, which is obviously a, a new thing.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was an awful, it was just that, as I say, that feel of it, and possibly as well because I would have been around the age of the characters or a little younger at that time. You know, you're looking at the main character in it, uh, Luke, is moving out to the country with his wife and a young child. It was that kind of mindset that I got in. It's easier to think of yourself in that mindset when you're thinking about the same time period.
0: It, it's interesting cause, because you talk about the trees and the area and 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 where you live and stuff and that, do you actually write the setting almost like a character
2: um yes to a point um a lot of it less like a character but more like a pure backdrop and i wanted particularly in this one actually in, in a lot of my shorts as well i want the setting to hover and loom over everything and i'll go through the book in edit and and add more and more of of that setting uh just to give it that feel that overall kind of feel of creepiness
1: colin there and i know it's county roscommon that has <laughs> the, ca- the cave of the cats that has the gates of hell kind of thing mm. uh did you do you have anything in county Meath like that
2: as i say up in la Crew we have there's legends of tunnels underneath those graves where uh <laughs> There's huge rats and all that sorts of stuff going on in there. Uh, Russ Common are the ones who think they invented Halloween, but it wasn't them. <laughs> that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> uh, intercounty rivalry. Yeah. yeah, that's all right.
0: Benny's the mall. I'm Take rooting
1: them. for County Meath. I'm a County Meath person. Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. You uh, got a you got a person
1: for you. Person behind you. <laughs> you know? That's right. Although I do like the Cave of the Cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: In in short stories. And when you're doing short fiction and and stories, I think you have to choose your words and description very carefully because you have a lot less to get the the character across to the reader. Like they have, they have less time to really feel and understand who and what you're writing about. So you've got to be very. You know, um, particular. Succinct. Yeah. It's got to be done just right. Otherwise it doesn't work. So when you do that and now you come to a full book, do you, which, which do you like better? Like, is there sort of, did you have an is- issue kind of going with more, more book? It's funny. I actually
2: prefer the, the drafting process of a novel, um, better. You can, let yourself just wallow in it. You can let yourself take little detours um, with country roads in particular. It's a multi-character POV. um, So I was able to let characters develop, just run with it. Um, If someone brought me one way, I'd go writing that and, and tighten it up in edit. Uh, But in a short story, they kind of come, would come to me fully formed, so you're a little more as you say you 're a little more precise in particular you can 't just uh drift off to to explore and see where a particular strand is going to bring you but having said that, I much prefer the editing process in a short story, like in a short story I can dwell over a sentence and the rhythm of two words together for ages, and you could spend. You know, an hour on on that, or just a little piece. But if you are given back edit notes on a on a novel, it can be very daunting. Of course, you're going, okay, right? You know, I have to. And particularly if you're under a time frame, then you have to you have to really just take it in chunks. Um, but it is it can be quite daunting. That was the one difference I felt with the novel. And usually, if you're getting a Edit notes back on a short story from an anthology. It's, you know, a couple of phrases here or there is all they're asking for.
1: So, Colin, um, one of my fiction novel Jack's Lanterns, is based in that area. But uh, my editor yelled at me. I was trying to do a multi-character point of view as well. <laughs> but she called it, I, I was head-hopping so much that he says, you get the reader all exhausted by just one page. So did you experience that at all from with editing to
2: No I was when I say it was multi character pov each pov had its own chapter so um Oh that's better Yeah I had each had his own sentence
0: yeah. <laughs> finishing each other's sentences yeah, That's right Oh Michael can be exhausting Yeah
2: What I did find yeah. though by doing that was um and I purposely, you know the way in uh, some novels you may have the choice where you're going to give um, a heading for each character when you're changing character in the novel. Um, I forced myself not to do that so that I could really make sure that the voices were distinct enough that they could be told without.
0: Are you comfortable or do you like writing your evil people, your evil characters? My evil
2: the supernatural ones or the human ones?
0: Yeah, like whatever. Yeah, whatever force is kind of causing the fear or the the terror in 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 your book or even your short stories. Do you, do you have no problem coming up with an evil sort of character or force and writing it?
2: Oh yeah, that's I loved horror since i was a kid and in that kind of giddy excitement sort of way so if i uh peeking behind the door at the twilight zone when you're a kid that sort of and trying to frighten yourself so much that you have nightmares um (laughs) halloween games like biting into an apple at midnight to see the devil so if i grew up doing that kind of stuff yeah uh the biggest the biggest thrill of it, uh, two things like um, if I can nail a phrase just right or if I can put something that will freak me out a bit in it.
0: So what's your relationship with your characters?
2: Uh, with my characters, I have been told in some of my reviews, uh, not in a bad way necessarily, but that uh, none of them are likable characters, and which I agree with uh, as I was writing them. But I think that gives more depth to them if you like your characters too much you're not going to portray them as rounded as they should be and particularly if you're if you want to make them more than ciphers or more than good guy bad guy uh hero that kind of thing then uh so even the characters that i have a soft spot for um i can see that I've written a ton of faults into them.
0: Do you have a favourite character that you've written throughout your time?
2: Uh, I don't think I have a favourite character at all. I did kind of, in one of my, one of the ontologies that's out now, of a story called Clay and uh, the Mountain is a character. Um, quite an evil character, but also complex. So, um, I, I did like the fact to make an inanimate object a character, which might go back to what you were saying about making setting a character.
0: Well, you know, and then like people like Michael, who who dress up like his characters and act out the scenes, <laughs> do, you, do you like get involved like that?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I
2: would love to. Do you know, um, have you ever seen the movie Withnail and I, or heard of it?
0: No, I don't think I have.
2: There's that, and how to get ahead in advertising were written by... Bruce Dickinson, I seem to remember his name is, but I watched a documentary about him, and uh, he was in his writing den with his long hair flowing, pouring himself bottles of wine while quoting lines from his movie to himself and then hammering them away on the typewriter. And that's (laughs) I watched that when I was a young buck and thought that's exactly the kind of writer I want to be. But after a while, I discovered... That's exactly the kind of writer I can't be, so I don't go around <laughs> yelling dialogue at myself. I, I need a, I need a quiet, solitary place. Now, I can make my own quiet, solitary place, and I would do it in car parks or sometimes in a crowded room, but uh, another reason not to go yelling dialogue at oneself, particularly if you're writing horror novels. Is it, is it difficult with kids difficult. to do that too, to find a quiet place? Uh no, no. Just lock them up for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yes, yeah, you're a horror. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lock
0: them up for an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And you can write Do that it. scream again for me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> scream. Wow. That's, it's, well, you know, it's never stopped Michael. You know, he walks down the road screaming and yelling. and
1: <laughs> Look at me weird. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you,
2: you could get put into a very quiet place
1: then and stuff
0: <laughs> problem solved. That is true. <laughs> that's true. Keep it up and you'll be there, you know. You'd enjoy that. <laughs> wow. So where do you see yourself going with this? Like what, what do you hope to accomplish now that you've kind of, you've broken the ice, so to speak, and this is your first book and you've made progress with a publisher, a small publisher. So where 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 do you see yourself going?
2: I, As I say, I had, had started – a kind of I had started a sequel to this prequel beforehand, which I do want to finish. I'm still in the weeds of writing short stories. And during the publishing uh, process, while I was editing and pitching Country Roads, I uh, did the thing that everyone advises you to do and write the next one. So I wrote the next one. So I'm in the editing process of, that before the self-editing of that before I start pitching it that's a uh, possession story it's quite different than set in a city so I'm hoping to do that my ambition was always I didn't really mind whether I became a bestseller a cult classic or a total failure but I just my number one thing was to have a novel published and but as I say it seems to be doing quite well it's only just released but it's getting good feedback and I'm trying to put a little Irish flag in the horror scene over in the States with true anthologies and shorts as well. But I would hope to improve this next novel, get it out there and then work on the third and just keep going. Even if they get nowhere, I'm going to keep writing them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I my advice would to say, always just stick to what you, want to do and try to avoid the noise that comes with writing as much as possible, because it'll take your head out of what you're doing. You know, um, believe me, um, it's better to focus, just write, move ahead and, and get it out there. And what happens happens.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there are stories that I've, some of my favorite stories I've written haven't been published, but when I think back in them, there, I wouldn't have written them any other way, and they're still. It's hard to remember sometimes, you know, the the feeling of completion is still the same at the end of it. You know, after that, it's just a bit of approval.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, don't yeah, don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. What, what, you know, you. I've got now thirty books published by four different publishers, and and it sort of just. One at a time and you keep focusing and, and I've been called good, bad, horrific, um, everything under Not the ugly, sun. Not ugly, I hope. Oh, yeah, by the same people, but <laughs> <Old>. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but old, <laughs> uh, ancient, but you know, the thing is what I'm saying is that it's easy to get caught up in it and be upset about it or worried about it. And, oh, this didn't sell this much or that. So, cause they're all different and different things happen. And, but. If, if you kind of go down those roads, you get taken off what you want to accomplish with the book itself or with the story itself. Just do that mm. and, and let it go where it goes. That's kind of, I've taken that kind of road and it seems to be working better for me mentally, for sure. You know, let go of it. It's, you know.
2: And I find if you're writing the kind of stuff that I don't think I'd be able to write to Mark or, write something I didn't enjoy writing or write in a genre I didn't enjoy writing.
0: Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have a connection to what you're doing and it gives you meaning and it mean and it comes out that way and it, then plus it's better. I, you, I, one thing I always find, it's just funny. I don't know if you you're finding this yet, but with reviews or what people say, um, sometimes I'm surprised at what people read into a story. Like when you put a book out, someone's going to read Country Roads, for instance, and they're going to take, you know, certain things you've written and they'll find meaning in it or find something in it that you totally wasn't even across your mind. Yeah. It, like you weren't even thinking about it when you wrote it. And that's probably one of the most bizarre things is when someone actually starts telling you what it means and it had nothing to do with what they said, you know, and that's uh, for me, the strangest experience.
2: Mm, and it obviously comes from your subconscious, or everyone's different. Everyone's experience is so different that their reading experience becomes becomes
0: that. Yeah, it's just a strange, strange thing. Do you like writing characters? Because like, you said you've got the, the, the next book for this kind of series, in a way, written or in your editing. Did you like... Characters in a small town or more or of a city better like how did you like each of those types
2: um, and it's funny a lot of the um, feedback I got were, or definitions of country roads they used that phrase small town horror which I wouldn't have necessarily used because <laughs> our our towns over here are a lot smaller than yours and this is very rural setting as well but um in a way, the one that I wrote in the city is more isolating, uh, than the character, the main character is more isolated than the characters in the, in the country setting, uh, which can be like in real life as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I've, I, I've noticed that. I, I've, I haven't thought about it so much. And I it just, when I talked to, um, Anne Cleves a while back, who, who writes, and she writes a lot of small town characters. It's interesting to to hear her process on small characters, and, and I thought, wow, I, I'd never really thought about it this before. And and now you've got this country roads, but I guess it's all compared to what you've been through and what kind of experience you've had in a town. You're right, you know. Uh,
2: Have you are you rural or urban yourself? Or
0: well, you know, um, my main house here is it's, it's rural. Kind of, but it's thirty minutes to a pretty big town, pretty big city. So I wouldn't call it suburbish. But
1: I was raised rural. Yeah. And then uh, I got to tell you, Colin. Here's what's happening. You said your next book is on possession. Mm. Here I'm telling you what's going to happen is, Fran- County Meath, Francis <laughs> Tumbley, Jack the Ripper is possessing somebody. Do you need to do that? Just talk to me. Colin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the last person you want to be possessed by, Michael. Who, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Me or me or Jack the Ripper? <laughs> no, you. I'd rather have Jack the Ripper <laughs> on a dark country road than, than Michael. I mean,
1: well, there's good, there's a lot of voices that speak in my head, Al. So you're going to be uh, a lot of company. If you're lonely, you're all set. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's 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 really sad. I, now, <laughs> you you must have been writing this too over the COVID and and this whole sort of thing. How how was that for you? Like, was it real effective where you lived, and and did it really kind of get into your life and lifestyle? And were people really weird like they were everywhere <laughs> else, or like how was it? And did it? Because I, I always ask <laughs> this in the sense that all of that weirdness going on and the fighting and the tension. Um, I just wonder if it gets makes your book darker when you write over that kind of a time period.
2: It was actually during COVID I had it pretty much written and I was in the editing process, the self-editing process at that stage and kind of uh, it did it. We weren't fighting so much over here. We're very well behaved. If the government tell us to that we can't go out, we're not going to go out. <laughs> so we were the weird thing was I was still working for the lead into COVID. I was um and I would have been going into Dublin City Centre and it was like zombie apocalypse. It was like twenty eight days later walking through empty streets, like driving the length of the city and I'm the only car or van that you see. So that was an a weird and strange experience. But um then I got an extended summer break when that work dried up. Where We were put on temporary layoff, but that was very, we had the most idyllic kind of time. And I know it was horrible for everyone. I had friends who lived in cities, which who found it quite difficult not being able to go more than five miles or two miles whenever they changed it. But we had a, a big field in front of us and it was, it was kind of glorious in a way there was no, and our, we didn't have to worry too much about anything other than paying the mortgage and getting some food, teaching the kids some homeschooling, um, and then we'd get I'd get my writing done. So it was it was very nice in certain ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, just, it was an interesting time. Um, it's certainly um, for me um, I, I've learned a lot about how people act and react it sort of surprised me on some of the things that that were were going down over that process i was just kind of surprised by some people i don't know i don't know why i guess i shouldn't have been but i was Mm,
2: it kind of it's yeah i suppose as zombie apocalypses go it was quite a tame one (laughs) so (laughs) but the way some people reacted I wouldn't like to see if it was if it had been worse you know what I mean yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the strange thing you know I just sort of think that you know because we really had it made in a sense not like a hundred years ago where we didn't have we couldn't get food and we didn't have like Mm. Netflix at home or something you know what I mean like we have it fairly comfortable compared to what people lived like 100 years ago to go oh, yeah. through the same thing.
2: Even 20, 30 years ago, it would have been a whole different ball game, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The fact that we had, you know, Zoom and that whole way of connecting people as well. Now, obviously there's a lot of people who are in bad domestic situations that they couldn't escape from and um, I think they'll end up probably over the next few years, a lot of stuff tangentially based around that coming out, particularly in the horror genre, um, that you can sort of read. It won't be directly COVID based, but stuff that you could read as that, as inspired by that.
0: Well, glad it's kind of passed kind (laughs) of, I say, because there's still remnants of weirdness around, but, um, Okay, so let's talk about how people find. How do people find Colin? Are you hiding under a tree in, 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 and <laughs> where you live, or like um, the twisted guys... tree? Well, yeah, the twisted tree. So if you um, take
2: a branch from the twisted tree and lay it down in front of you, strip naked <laughs> yeah. and rub the ashes on your forehead, and say my name backwards three times, then they'll take you away to that quiet place. But if you actually want to find out where I am, you can check out collyleonard.com
0: fantastic, and you do social media or hang out in bars like where you know any of that stuff um
2: I do Twitter or is it X I can't remember yeah
0: excrement um, now
2: yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I do that I'm on uh, Twitter at Colie Leonard, which is where I do most of my writing talk because I was in Facebook back in back when facebook was a thing that's polluted with all sorts of family friends randomers work people so but i've kept uh twitter slash x completely pure for writing life as it were
0: right right okay well we'll have that up on our website and your website so people can find you easily and and uh find your book it's out now it came out i guess just here and in July just July 19th, uh, the, yeah. 19th, so just a short time ago, and, and good luck with everything, and, and you'll be the next Stephen King. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you never know. And if not, oh, you we'll know, see what happens. Thanks so much, Alan, for yeah. giving me the opportunity to chat to you, and thanks, Michael. Nice speaking with you, Alan. Oh, yeah, it's,
0: it's, a, it's a pleasure to talk to you and so everyone get the book it's called Country Roads and the author is Colin Leonard and uh, don't miss this one so thanks again for being on the show.
2: Thanks Emil guys, cheers
1: You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com Show's over. as good for you as it was for me. Yeah Good night. This is a production of something with media.
2: I'll be back.